Acts 2, 38-39, we read, Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, every one whom the Lord our God calls to him. Hi, my name is Dan Dick, and welcome to Church Matters. On the Christian calendar at this time of the year, the church is engaged in the season of Lent, a time of prayer, penance, repentance of sins, and sacrifice as the faithful prepare to honor the death and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Today we are focusing on repentance and exploring how Christians can make repentance meaningful in the context of the church's relationship with Indigenous peoples. Joining me in the studio today is the Right Reverend Bishop Mark MacDonald, National Anglican Indigenous Bishop. Bishop Mark was born in 1954, the son of Blake and Sue Nell MacDonald. His list of accomplishments is long, but here's a brief version. He became the Anglican Church of Canada's first National Indigenous Bishop in 2007. He holds a BA in Religious Studies and Psychology from the College of St. Scholastica in Duluth, Minnesota an M.A. in Divinity from Wycliffe College, and he did postgraduate work at Luther Northwestern Theological Seminary in Minneapolis. Mark was also the Bishop of Alaska from 1997 to 2007. He and his wife, Virginia, have three children. Welcome to Church Matters, Mark. Thank you. Mark, tell us a bit about who you are and what has shaped you. Well, I was born across the border in Minnesota, I, I grew up in uh, mostly in Duluth, but all over the place. Uh, my uh, f- family, on both sides of the family, both have uh, uh, indigenous ancestry and also uh, connection and work with uh, with uh, indigenous peoples going back a long way, specifically and, and most particularly with Ojibwe people. And, and since that time, uh, I uh, went to seminary and almost immediately I started working in indigenous communities because of my close affinity. Uh, with them, and I would say that uh, that has shaped my life most uh, dramatically, most completely, uh, being able to hear the gospel uh, through the the minds and hearts of our elders is really uh, uh, for me a second conversion. We are in the middle of March right now, which is the Christian season of Lent. Are there parallels to Lent in indigenous spiritual traditions? Oh yes, I think that uh, 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 specifically uh, fasting and prayer, uh, seasons of dedication, of uh, seasons of seeking. Um, they uh, have deep resonance with, within our folks. And uh, you know, I've found in every community I've ser- served, Lent uh, is a particularly welcome time, a time of prayer. Uh, you know, back home we would do uh, um, hymn singing till all hours in the morning. Uh, once a week we would do that. Um, so the, the, the rhythm of it seems to speak to uh, indigenous people at a deeper level, I think, than it does to the, to, the, to the broader public, even though I see more and more evidence that it's speaking to the broader public as well. One of the main aspects of Lent is a time of repentance. Repentance can be a difficult task. We humans don't really like to admit when we're wrong, 
It's something we don't really like to talk about much. Why do you think that is? I, I, I think fundamentally it's a, it's a, it's a misunderstanding, um, a misunderstanding of, of the gospel's relationship to repentance. And I, I think people mishear it. One of the gifts that Jesus gave the world was repentance, the, the opportunity for a new start, the opportunity for a new life, an opportunity to put behind the things that we hate about ourselves or about our situation. I think framed in that way, which I think is the way Jesus framed it, um, uh, repentance is one of the greatest gifts God has given. Are there parallels and differences in the basic elements of repentance in the Christian and indigenous traditions? Yeah, I think that most of our elders would say yes. I would. I would. I think that um, most of our Christian elders would say that um, there's some clarification uh, on the idea of repentance in the um, in the Christian message. But I, I would also say that they would say that these elements are not uh, at all foreign. Uh, there's many many stories uh, from from the pre-contact days that speak powerfully about what repentance is and uh, what, what sacrifice is, what it means. Do you have a brief story like that to share? Sure. Uh, uh, we, we particularly love the season of strawberries. It's, it's said that, the, that uh, one time long ago that the people were uh, suffering from plague. They had violated the great law of life, which is that um, all life is responsible to the rest of life. They had become greedy and, and had misused and wasted creation. Um, and this young man died, and he went to, to the next world, to the spirit world. He approached Gichimanado, our God, and said, uh, why are you letting this happen? And he, God explained that the people had violated the law of life. It was the consequence of their behavior. And he said, is there nothing that can be done? And God said, well, um, really no, but, but if someone were to go back and to, to proclaim this message, if, if the people were touched in their hearts, and if this person then uh, uh, suffered and, and died on behalf of the people, then perhaps they would have the capacity to turn this around, to make it new. So he went back. He said, he's, well, first of all, he said to God, I will do that. I love the people so much. I will do that. So he went back and he proclaimed it. And then the people, helpless and heartbroken, saw him suffer and die of the same plague that everyone had. Um, they were so grief-stricken that God, in compassion, uh, sent the, um, the young man's heart, Odeiman in, in Ojibwe, uh, the, 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 the strawberry, um, which is the name word for heart and strawberry, a gift each year to remind themselves of the sweetness of that young man's sacrifice and also uh, to, to remind them of their need to follow the law of life to sacrifice and love for each other and to turn their lives over to God, especially when they commit uh, uh, wrongdoing. So this story, I think, uh, uh, illustrates so much. Uh, it's, it's a pre prefiguration of the gospel and of Christ's death and resurrection. So uh, it's very special to us, very unique uh, um, to us and, and, and treasured. Many say that the Christian church has proclaimed, and with some arrogance, the superiority of its beliefs. 
with the intent of forcefully dominating others and holding little regard for the beliefs and spiritual traditions of Indigenous peoples. In this context, what do Christians do with the command to go and make disciples of all nations? Well, I, I, I would look at the, the context that Jesus gave to those words um, in Luke chapter 10, uh, where he sends out uh, his, his first missionaries. Um, what, they, uh, what they were asked to do was to thrust themselves into the hospitality of the other. When they, when they arrived there, they were supposed to say, God is near to you. Turn around and believe the good news. Um, they were to eat whatever those people ate. They were really to become a part of that life, to, to become the other. <laughs> um, that, to me, is the context of, of the Great Commission. We, however, have set up institutions, and we've said if you want to be if you want to be saved, you must become a part of our institution, either our way of thinking, our way of our way of acting, or or administratively a part of of our institution. Uh, there's vis- different ways that that we have done this. I think that that's uh, contrary. I understand it, but I think it's contrary to the Great Commission as Jesus outlines it uh, in the Gospels. Uh, he wasn't saying, you know, create these uh, uh, communities that people will then, uh, th- then join. He was saying, become community with these people and really unveil my presence uh, in their midst. It isn't, uh, um, it isn't bringing something to a zero without a rim. God didn't get off the boat with Columbus, you know. Um, uh, it's really beginning to understand how the Word of God uh, f- uh, flows through history and through people's lives, understanding um, what it means that, that there is uh, something in our hearts, even before we ever hear the name Jesus, uh, that is God-touched and God-blessed. That, I think, is, is, is the heart of the Great Commission, and in many ways, the, the way it was approached by many Christians, maybe most, uh, from a Western perspective, uh, was the opposite of that. Um, it wasn't about accepting the hospitality of other people. It was about imposing our sense of hospitality, etiquette, and, and culture. In the context of differing beliefs and the dominance of Christian faith in Canadian history, what would make the church's repentance meaningful in your eyes? Well, I think there's a, a lot of uh, things that need to be said. As, as I've said before, I think that um, the church is just entering into an awareness of what repentance might look like. I think it has a long way to go. Um, I think that uh, reconciliation is going to take a difficult time. But I think that um, um, understanding the identity and authority of indigenous people um, the authority of that identity within this, uh, this, this land that we live, um, I think that that is, is ultimately uh, the, 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 the goal. I think our elders originally, as Chief Elijah Harper always used to say, our, our, our elders had the goal of living together with mutual respect and to build a, a land that is great, and welcoming and and powerful, um, that this land can be that because of its beauty, its resources, and its people. I think that that's what it'll look like. Um, 
certainly that involves advocacy on the part of indigenous people, but ultimately it's to live a goal uh, where there is mutual respect, where the people of the land and their borders, their identity, their reality um, receive the, the kind of respect that, that they deserve uh, from uh, churches and, and from the government of Canada. I think that short of that, anything short of that, is, is morally, theologically uh, unacceptable. You've given us lots to think about, Bishop Mark. Thanks so much for joining me in the studio today. My pleasure. We couldn't fit all of what Bishop Mark wanted to say into this broadcast time slot, but you can listen to a full-length interview with Mark McDonald on this episode we're calling Repentance. Well, that's awkward. Via our podcast version. Go to MennoniteChurch.ca and click on the Church Matters link under the Quick Links section on the lower right of your screen. You can join me again in just four weeks for another episode of Church Matters. We're here for you at 8.45 a.m. on the third Sunday of every month. We always welcome your feedback to the program, and we love to hear listener ideas for topics and themes you'd like us to cover. Wrap up your email with a shiny ribbon and dash it off to churchmatters at MennoniteChurch.ca. We also accept your phone calls and donations in support of this program at 1-866-888-6785 or you can visit MennoniteChurch.ca and click on the donate link. I'm your host, Dan Dick. Know that you are called, equipped, and sent to be the church in the world today. Thanks for listening. As you go out from here May the Lord go with you, the face of God shine on you every day. We are sent by God wherever we are living, salt and light as people of the way.